This is Rugga Matrix America. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Alex Goff from Goff Rugby Report. I'm all alone, and yet I'm not all alone at all because I have two very special guests, uh, one after another, and we've got a great show for you. We've got we've got longtime Eagle Lou Stanfield, ten years playing for the national team. We're going to be talking with him uh, about his retirement from international rugby, and then we're going to switch gears just a little bit to talk about. The big news about London Irish against Saracens and Aviva Premiership League game that's going to be played at Red Bull Stadium in Harrison, New Jersey. We're talking to Bob Casey, the CEO of London Irish, who is in the United States touting the game. Talk to him a little bit about that, too. And Rugger Matrix America is brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions and Eagle Impact Rugby Academy. And first off, let's welcome to the show Lou Stanfield. 10-year veteran of the USA national team, three World Cups. He's just finished off his third World Cup. And, Lou, welcome to the show. I understand that is going to be your last. Uh, yeah, Alex, that's correct. Um, after this last World Cup, I've made a decision to uh, retire from international rugby and to uh, pursue other ventures. Uh, how difficult was that decision for you to make? Um. Really, I mean, it wasn't too hard to make the decision. Following through with the decision and hmm. thinking about it during the time uh, was was something I, I tried to keep at bay. Uh, so I tried not to think about it. But, um, you know, I've been playing international rugby for just over 10 years, and I've, I've accomplished a lot. And, uh, you know, I look back on my career at this point, and I'm uh, satisfied with what I've done. The... The thing about athletes is you tend to be, um, in a way, a little bit delusional because it's it's so difficult to be successful at the highest level that you kind of have to um, ignore all those all those doubters, right? And uh, and 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 go and 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 continue to go on and on. So so coming up with the arriving at the decision that. Um, you're done, I think is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I believe a lot of rugby players face this and, uh, many times, you know, they, they joke, they, they kid themselves and they're thinking that they're done, but, uh, uh, you know, they always come back for more. Um, for <laughs> me, uh, you know, I've, I've given, I've given my life and every single effort, um, to my international career, you know, every decision in my adult life I've made, uh, to better my rugby career and to better my opportunities playing with the USA national team. And uh, uh, I've sacrificed a lot, and I think at this point in time, uh, you know, it's hard to say, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I've sacrificed my share, and I'm, I'm ready to take on other challenges, and I'm ready to, uh, to grow away from rugby into uh, the real world, which is, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a reality for everyone. All right, good. 56 caps for the Eagles starting in 2005 um, and finishing up. You didn't play a whole lot in the, uh, this past World Cup, and, and, and I'm sure that's not, you know, you, you wanted to play more. But you finished up playing against Australia and then uh, before the World Cup and then South Africa. Um, and I think a lot of us saw a pretty emotional picture of you uh, 
trying to sing the national anthem before that game because you knew that was probably your last. Um, but of inter- one of the interesting things for me is five head coaches. And yeah. I was curious as to, to what uh, if you look at the different head coaches you played under, uh, Tom Phillips, Peter Thorburn, Scott Johnson, uh, Eddie O'Sullivan, and Mike Tolkien, um, are there are there common themes among these these coaches? Because they do seem, at first glance, to be very different people. Uh, yeah, they, they surely are. You know, you very rarely run into two coaches who uh, who run on identical ethos or identical systems or. Uh, identical anything in the rugby realm, and uh, they're all very different. Uh, some different for the better, some different for you know uh, for not. And uh, but uh, you know, I was I was very fortunate to be able to get a, a broad spectrum of coaches as a player to hopefully help me to become a better coach when I decide to uh, decide to do that after uh, after I put down my boots. Oh, excellent. Well, yeah, coaching you, coaching them. We're going to touch on that in a little bit. Um, let's talk a little bit about how it all began. You had the pathway that a lot of national team players had, which was Jesuit High School in Sacramento, and then on to Cal, uh, and and then the national team. And uh, I don't know, who who got you started in rugby? Um, well, you know, it was like most any uh, rugby player gets started. You know, some friends told me about it, and. Uh, uh, you know, I was a baseball player as well as football, basketball, and a few other sports. And uh, as a freshman in high school, uh, baseball was not my favorite sport, nor was I very good at it. Uh, once they start moving, once they started moving the bases back, I I began to uh, uh, to not be as good as I once was. So a lot of uh, being convinced from a lot, a lot of my classmates and. Accompanied that with uh, losing my baseball mitt and not wanting to tell my father about it, uh, <laughs> I, just, I just opted out to tell him that I wanted to play rugby. And while he was pretty upset in the very beginning uh, because he had put a lot of time and a lot of uh, energy into rugby, uh, he ended up being all for the better. And uh, after watching one game, he fell in love and then uh, brought my brother into it. And uh, you know, the, the rest is history. That's right. And your brother Jake Stanfield, who was. Um also considered uh, very good was just uh, injuries kind of undercut his his career i guess would is how you'd characterize it um okay. so, uh, so you you ended up um you ended up captaining Jesuit and mm-hmm. and in fact our first interview was 2002 i want to say when you were at Jesuit and um, what I remember, and I, I've told this story before. You actually did it on a podcast before, but it's worth telling again. Um, you, you, you and Jesuit came up to uh, Olympia, Washington, to Washington to play some teams, um, played our local team, uh, donated some money for a player who'd been uh, um, paralyzed in, a, in an accident in, uh, in Australia. Um, and uh, he's doing very well, by the way. He's still in a wheelchair, but... Um, doing all kinds of stuff. Um, and and I, I received a letter as, as president of the club at the time. I received a letter from a woman who uh, was, just happened to be in the same hotel as you guys. And she was on the, the elevator with some of the Jesuit players. She was with her like eight-year-old son. And 
she um, she reported how all the players sort of engaged this kid, talked to him, asked him questions. It was just really nice to him because and said, and when you run into big intimidating rugby players and and teenagers who are only thinking about themselves she was uh, she sent me a letter she was so impressed with the behavior of the the kids at Jesuit and how they um cared about how they behaved to everyone around them uh so i mean that's that's what that's my first impression of you is that that kind of impression you left with other people um and was that important for for the guys at school and, and, and that Jesuit program. Yeah. Um, you know, one of, one of our mottos being a Jesuit school is to be men for others. And, uh, I think a lot of that comes with thinking, uh, outside of yourself, uh, to put others before you and more importantly to, to leave a good impression wherever you go. Um, on top of that being rugby players, you know, uh, Rugby has a culture uh, upon itself, and, you know, from club to club it may differ, but uh, uh, a majority, if not all the clubs I've been a part of, the, the, the goal is to leave an area, a person, an event better than what you found it. Whether it's, you know, staying after to clean it up, taking time with someone to, uh, to just have a word, uh, or, uh, you know, anything, of, uh, anything you could think of, and uh, I, that's for me is what's made rugby, uh, and, you know, my Jesuit education, you know, has, has, has helped to form me, uh, into the man I am today. And, uh, I take pride in that. And, uh, I, you know, even away from the game, I still do my best to make sure that no matter where I go, no matter who I speak to, uh, you hold yourself with respect, you treat others with respect. And, um, you know, you leave, you leave a situation, you leave a place better than what you found it. Excellent. All right. Now you go on to Cal, uh, and and your brother had gone on as, as well to, to play rugby at Cal, where you got to play for Jack Clark, who was the national team coach uh, 1993 to 1999. So of the, the last seven national team coaches, you've actually played for six of them. Um, how much of an influence on your career was playing at Cal, was, was playing for Jack, and, and in terms of thinking, going from – I like this game. I want to, you know, I want to play it more. To I like, I like this game. I want to play on the national team. Um. Yeah. I. I um. I guess I never really thought about it uh, playing for the national team. Uh, but um, once I got to Cal and I got put in that environment, you know, you start to see rugby not as a not as a game just to play, but a game in which to study. It becomes. Um, uh, it, that starts becoming a reality. You see your outlets. You see what co- what could happen, you know. And I always ask guys. I always looked up to guys like Court Schubert, uh Kirk Sejan, you know, guys who kind of came through my same pipeline and what they had what they had achieved. And that was very much my goal. And when I got to Cal, I realized that goal was uh, attainable. And uh, you know with with coaching from uh, Coach Clark and, and Coach Phillips, uh, you know, I, I, the world became my oyster in, in regards to, uh, you know, what I, what I had to offer to the game and what they could teach me. And, uh, you know, very few places uh, are better to play rugby than UC Berkeley. Uh, between the professional atmosphere, uh, the, the, the high level of coaching, and um, sort of the... Um, the, the life lessons that you take away from it 
you know, you you go in as a boy and you very much come out, if not a man, a a much more suitable person to uh, uh, to society to become a uh, a leader and to make those around you better and more productive. And uh, through that, you know, I, I realized that becoming a national team player was what I wanted to do, and helping to make USA rugby better was uh, was going to be my my goal for the foreseeable future. Excellent. You uh, speaking of making better, um, obviously you won you won championships at Cal. Uh, you go on to win championships uh, on the U.S. club level, both at New York Athletic Club uh, and helping Seattle Saracens win. It just seems like wherever you went, good things happen. In, in, in you know, including being an MVP in the the Super League final. Um, but, but at the same time, I I don't know people, if if people think of you as a player who picks up the ball and go and runs 50 meters and goes scores a try. You're not that kind of player. You're, you're, you're like a grinder. Um, and yet, you know, teams kept seeming to win when you're on the, on the field. So what, how do you envision your, your role as a player over time? And has it changed? Uh, you know, as, as a young player, everyone wants to be a superstar. And that was no different. And, uh, you know, at Jesuit, you know, that probably was the case. At Cal, that probably was the case. But as competition grew stiffer, uh, people started, you started getting exposed to more athletes at different levels with different tools and goal or uh, skills. You realize a bit more what kind of uh, rugby player you are. Um, uh, and early on in my career, I very much wanted to be the guy that uh, scored and tries. I mean, who, who doesn't? But as you grow and mature, you realize, okay, that might not be my role. You know, uh, Jack Clark's definition of a leader is someone who leads from the front and makes those around them better, more productive. You know, it doesn't matter how you do that sometimes, uh, but as long as you're able to uh, achieve that, then, then you're a leader on the field. And from there, you have a a role to play. Uh, my skill set, you know, my athleticism, these are things that as I grew older, I, I, I realized what I was uh, capable of doing and uh, what was uh, probably a bit more unrealistic for me to try to do. And, you know, I was very fortunate between, uh, you know, my own hard work and becoming the best rugby player I could be and, and and taking the opportunities that were given to me to be put with teams that had good culture, you know, the NIAC, the, uh, you know, the Seattle Saracens, um, uh, even with, um, uh, gentlemen of Aspen, uh, you know, these were clubs I went to, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was, uh, I was at home. And, uh, uh, from there I was able to, you know, really, uh, help my own personality flourish, within the game and to continue to be a leader and to continue finding out what is it that I do that makes this team better. And then when it, as I grew into, you know, the, my older age at the national team, I realized that the things that I do best are the things that go in teams, you know, the offensive lineman type mentality, you know, uh, the best players on the field are sometimes the players you don't notice or rather the players that help you achieve what is going to get you a win are the players you don't notice. And, uh, you know, I wasn't fast enough to make those 50-meter blades like you were talking about. And uh, I wasn't 
I wasn't skilled enough to uh, get in the back line and throw a 20-meter cutoff pass uh, off my left hand. Well, I believe I could do that. I, guess <laughs> I, knew, that I, knew, I knew it was better that I'd not try it during a match. So, um, you know, those were, those were the, um, the kind of key factors and understanding and looking in the mirror and being honest with myself. What can you do and what should you do? And uh, uh, that helped me to become, uh, you know, a, a, a reasonably mature player and, you know, fitting into a team role and knowing that by doing my job, I make the team better, not by trying to do everyone else's job. Good, good. Now, you're, you're used to winning rugby games at Jesuit and Cal. You get on uh, on the Eagles. Your first cap uh, was against Canada in Tokyo, uh, where you started at second row um, in a game that the USA lost by four points. Um, and and the Eagles lose thirteen straight with you on the team. You don't you don't win a game until two thousand nine. How difficult was that for you? Uh, yeah, it's um, learning how to lose is, or rather, not learning how to lose, but how to deal with with losses uh, is a part of you know part of sports. And uh, that was difficult for me, but uh, not so difficult that I. I couldn't deal with it or that I couldn't learn from it. And it was a major part in my growth as an athlete. You know, uh, I, I, I play basketball now and I have, you know, I've always played basketball. I can play with a lot of, a lot of guys who maybe don't achieve a level of athleticism or, you know, in their, in their respective uh, disciplines to where uh, losing becomes a habit or even that they, that they, uh, that they that they ever do lose, and being able to take a loss and not see it as always as failure. Sometimes it is, you know, but sometimes uh, uh, your performance is what you gauge your uh, success as. You know, did you do the things that you sought out to do? Did you play to the best of your ability? And more importantly, did you play with everything you had? Did you go into that game thinking this might be my last game? I have to play with everything I have. If you do those things, then not every loss is truly a loss. Now, I know sometimes that might sound as a defeatist, you know, mentality, uh, but that's the reality of sport. We have this great opportunity that if you do lose, you have an opportunity to seek redemption. You have an opportunity to come back and be better than you were. And that is up for the, the athlete to decide. And, uh, while sure, I mean, I would say I would have had won all those games, just thirteen games that I lost. Uh, but upon upon losing them, you know, you you become stronger, you become smarter, you become a bit more in tune to what is it as a rugby player that I want to do in order to win these games. What do we have to do as a team, as a club, as a country in order to change what we're what we're currently doing and start winning games. So, you know, uh, I suppose it was a uh, it was a long hard road, but uh, you know, no long hard road ever goes without its lessons, and uh, those are the lessons you hold on to uh, uh, far longer than uh, those those that you learn in victory. That's good. Right in the middle of that streak, you gave me my favorite interview from you, and it was five words. Um, <laughs> that was it, and it was right after uh, USA had played Tonga in the World Cup in Montpellier, and, and you'd scored a try, um, 
and uh, and but the USA had lost, and 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 I had said to you that uh, uh, another player had said that you felt you'd played uh, well enough to win, and I said to you, "Do you think you played well enough to win?" And your answer was, "Well, we lost, so no." <laughs> and that was just sort of a classic Lou Stanfield straight up answer. You know, we didn't play well enough to win because we we didn't win. Yeah. You know, those games, especially against the countries where uh, they're ranked around us, you know, that's very much the truth. Uh, you know, when you take games against Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, England, uh, yeah, some of those games you could say, like, yeah, we felt like we played it well enough to win. You know, and I think what we really mean to say is we did all the things that we wanted to do and needed to do in order to give ourselves the best outcome. Um uh, against Tonga, and, you know, against the Samoas, against the Japans, against the Canadas, uh, doing what we need to need to do to win is will get us a victory. So, uh, and you know, really being honest with yourself as an athlete and as a team is what helps you to grow. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess maybe I was just lucky, lucky as a twenty. 20- Two twenty-three-year-old to be able to know that, but uh, you know now that's very apparent as a thirty-year-old. Lou, we look at uh, you know you can look back a lot, but I mean, do you find yourself looking back a lot, or are you looking forward? Uh, I, I find myself looking forward more often than I do look back. Uh, when I sit down, you know, with some of my rugby rugby buddies, you know, I'll sit down with Chris Billers. Uh, I'll sit down with James Sayers, you know, guys who I played at Jesuit with, guys who I played at Cal at, or Al McFarland's, guys who I played at Nyack with, uh, Andrew Lindsay's, you know, y'all all look back and you'll get really nostalgic. And uh, it's, it's it's mostly good for a smile and a laugh and, uh, you know, maybe maybe a little bit of a, a frown because you know it's all over with. But uh, uh, right now in life, I'm getting married at you know, uh, the end of this month. Um, uh, we have my, my fiance and I have a home in Sacramento and I'm very much looking forward to what, what lies ahead for me. Fantastic. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, I, I see myself as staying involved in the game. I very much want to, uh, on the coaching end and, uh, uh, you know, my goal has always been to, uh, uh, however I can make the game better for America. That's great. Now, I mean, that, that's, that's an obvious question, and, and you mentioned it a couple of times. Coaching, you'd be a great coach. I mean, just, just from the, your, your, your game profile to your experience playing all over the world for different, and for different coaches, um, it seems to me, uh, and your down-to-earth nature, you would be a very good coach, um, and you are interested. That's something you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, where rugby is going to go here in the States in regards to uh, the men's league. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't see myself immediately getting into any, anything that's the high, highest level. I see myself uh, contributing to more grassroots, you know, uh, middle school age to high school to try and uh, promote proper skills, proper techniques, uh, proper ways to look at the game, especially on the defensive front. In order to help educate young rugby players to get pushed out into the world, uh, you know, the universities, whatever clubs they may go to, in order to become better rugby players and ultimately to raise the level of the game in America. Excellent. All right. Um, so you don't you don't have any specific plans necessarily. 
None uh, at this moment, no. Yeah, but, okay. you know, like I said, I'm living in Sacramento. It's a hotbed here. And uh, you know, I'm very passionate about my city. And, uh, you know, we're already known as a rugby city, and I want to continue that uh, I want to continue that sort of mentality. That sounds good. So you and I will be on the phone a lot talking about some high school at some point, I'm sure. I'm um, sure we will. And that would that sounds that sounds great. Um, you know, in terms of rugby in America, and and I know you had to every 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 uh, rugby player playing for the national team ends up having to field these kinds of questions. But um, you know, as you as, as you look at rugby in America, and you look at at the the types of players who come up to the national team and the performance of the national team, um, you know, are, are there things that need to change? Or are there things that um, you want to you you want to hold up and say this is going really well? There's something that you. Well, what are your observations? Um. Yeah, I believe there's things that need to change, and maybe not 180 degrees, but you know, uh, things that may be uh, happening that can just be redirected in a, a more efficient uh, manner. Um, but I think we're on the right track. You know, we have passionate people who are involved. Uh, you know, a lot of young rugby players are coming up, you know, Cam Dolan, Titi Lamasatelli's, uh, you know, these guys who are very athletic and who are very passionate and who are uh, very good rugby players are getting their chances overseas, and that's certainly going to help. Um, I think uh, domestically, though, is going to need to do a, a much more uh, consistent job in, in improving rugby. And I think that will come with coach education. Uh, I believe that we have a lot of passionate rugby people in America, and which is fantastic, right? That's what's driving the growing growing of the sport. All of these youth, you know, who are getting involved in rugby now and who keep it the fastest growing sport in America uh, is, is coming from passionate old, old boys. Uh, but now I think it's time that we that we start to sharpen this act a little more, and uh, we start refining. Uh, the, the the process of coach education so that the the young young rugby players you know maybe not you know the 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 U eight or the U tens or even the U twelves but at the U fourteen the U sixteen U eighteen levels these kids start getting uh, a bit more education in uh, you know how to play the game not just uh, go out and play hard and uh, we are certainly on that path. Uh, and I can only see it continuing to grow for the better. Excellent, excellent. Uh, what was your What was the best game you ever played in? I mean, that game against New Zealand was pretty epic. Uh, you know, just because of everything that it was. Best game I ever played in. My most recent favorite memory was my 50th cap when we got a win over Romania. Uh, yep. You know, uh, you know, we're, we were kind of down with all of uh, missing a lot of our professionals, and uh, we still we still eked out a victory. So that was uh, and on my 50th cap, that was very special for me. So that was, uh, you know, to to to, to give you an answer immediately. That that was probably my most recent favorite memory. What about um, your toughest memory? Oh, the toughest memories? Probably, shoot, every time we played Canada prior to uh, <laughs> 2013, you know, yeah. uh, we playing against people from north of us, and, you know, it's a fierce rivalry, right, that goes back many, many years, and uh, under 
under my stewardship as as a USA national team member, you know, losing to them was always was always the hardest losses. And uh so that was um that was those those were all very hard. But uh you know, there are there are many other tough memories that uh uh you know, as as any sports career is full of uh sure. But, but, you know, those, those, those are always really difficult. Fantastic. Well, Lou Stanfield, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, um, I think, uh, you know, I speak for every, every American rugby fan uh, when I say thank you. Right on, Al. Thank you very much. Well, that guy is just exactly uh, one of the great examples of Eagles players and uh, somebody we should be very proud of. Great player. A hard-nosed, sort of take-no-prisoners kind of player is Lou Stanfield. Uh, We're going to miss him. Uh, But, of course, with all athletes, they do have to decide at some point when to hang it up. All right. Well, uh, Rugby Matrix America brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions and Eagle Impact Rugby Academy. And uh, one of the big issues that's coming up now is London Irish is going to be playing Saracens in a sanctioned Aviva Premiership League game March 12th, Red Bull Arena. We caught up with Bob Casey, the CEO of London Irish, who is in the United States uh, trying to promote the game. Uh, He sort of did a big, long fly, sort of the red eye back to the States, talked to everybody, red eye back to the UK. Uh, So a lot of work for him, Uh, no sleep, but a nice interview with Bob Casey. What's your target? I mean, for you personally meeting with people and talking about it, are you looking to um, get the excitement going among expats and um, British and Irish people uh, living in the East Coast, or are you looking to broaden that? Um, definitely initially it was that, uh, but then we, we want to get American people along as well because I believe when Americans come to watch rugby, they'll get hooked, they'll love it, the, uh, the excitement, the physical contact, uh, the competitive nature of it. Um, so yeah, we've been focusing on, on both um, and just trying to figure out how exactly um, to go about marketing the game and making sure it works. Because we're, we're committed to this for three years, we want we want to make it work. Okay, so you, you've you've been targeting this this idea for a while. Yeah, we certainly have. Yeah, um, I mean, many clubs have talked about doing this, uh, but I've never done it. We're actually, you know, it's groundbreaking. We're we're, we're doing it. Um, so we want to make sure it works. We're partnering with the legacy agency who have a tremendous track record. You know, you just have to look at what they did in Soldier Field with uh, the All Blacks in USA. And then uh, Premiership Rugby, who I believe is the strongest club competition in uh, in world rugby. So we've got, you know, good partners um, and we've got a, a real desire to make this work. Excellent. Was, it, was there any sort of inspiration um, drawn from, you know, the NFL playing in London, things like that, that, that prompted this idea? Absolutely, yeah. The um, you know the NFL have been out of a lot longer than, than rugby. Rugby only went professional in 1995, so right. they've got a head start on us. But we can learn a lot from the NFL in terms of how they go about things. Um, we we have a good relationship with the New York Jets. When they came over to play the Miami Dolphins, they used our facility as their base, uh, their training base, and um, you know we uh, we've looked at a lot of things they've done and. Um, 
we're quite excited about um, about doing the reverse over here, and it's good timing in terms of the, the sport is really growing uh, over here. They, you know, meant to be the fastest growing team sport in America right now. When you come over, um, do you feel like you still you still have to sell the game a little bit? Uh, well, we're just trying to really raise the awareness of, of the fixture. Um, I'm making sure people understand. Uh, you know, that it's happening. And we're in good time, you know, it's November now. So we do we do have time. Um, we're just making sure uh, we go down the right channels uh, with the promotion of the game. Considering that there are a few USA players who are on Saracens, are you, concer- are you concerned about this being an away fixture for you? <laughs> no. No, look, you know, with the Irish community being so strong, we'll have a lot of support at this game, and it'll be a, we think it'll be a great atmosphere. We visited Red Bull Stadium, the cracking venue, and we think, um, you know, it'll, it'll be hopping on March the 12th with a lot of uh, uh, the Irish community over here, but a lot of, you know, the expat rugby community. All right, good, good. What's, what constitutes success for this game, do you think? I, I think, you know... If we can get a you know a good crowd at the Red Bull, it's a good game. That's going to be important. Um, I have every confidence in the legacy agency that they'll deliver a great match day experience. So that yeah, that's success. So that you know we we put ourselves in a position where we come back in year two and grow it and grow the fixture. Um, you know our players are going to be here all week. We plan on on doing a lot with the community over here, the rugby community to help grow the game over here as well. I guess there is sort of, it's funny, we, we harken back to the old amateur days where sometimes the entertainment value of the game took precedence over who won. You know, we, there would be a lot of it. But this isn't an exhibition game. I guess one of the important things is this is a league game. Oh, this is a big, big game. And yeah. it's, uh, I think it's the fifth to last game of the season. So, you know, Team's fates will be decided uh, largely by the points on offer. Um, you know, Saracens, the champions, will certainly be in the hunt, and we hope our performances are going to turn, and we're going to be in the hunt for playoff places as well. So it's going to be, yeah, it's a really competitive fixture with uh, four match points and bonus points on offer. Sure, sure, and and uh, and a lot of tension as well, I would imagine, because of that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, um, and um, it'll be important that we, you know, we make sure our players and staff have the right framework to make sure they're successful on Saturday, so training facilities, we're talking with the New York Jets about sharing their facilities like we, like we did when they came over, and so uh, it's important we make sure we forget that, yes, it's very exciting, but there's four points on offer, so we've got to make sure uh, nothing compromises the performance on the Saturday. All right, I mean that, that's that's the key thing. So, so you and presumably Saracens do the same thing. You'll come in early, acclimate, yes, get used to everything, and yeah. and uh, get used to the venue, things like that. So, but but also you've got to, uh, as you said, do a little bit of um, I don't know if salesmanship is the right word, but outreach, let people know. Yeah, we're coming to, up. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. yeah, well, we're here, you know, sanctioned by USA Rugby and Premiership Rugby and the Rugby Football Union. 
And part of it is we want to grow the game Good. and grow the premiership over here. Do you? Uh, and so you said you, you'd like th- this is a long term thing. You'd like to come back. Would you? Would do you want London Irish to make this a regular thing? Or um, absolutely, you- yeah. Well, we've, we've signed a three year agreement with you know a legacy agency okay, and Premier Rugby to do this. Fantastic. So, so that's that means that if you hit a roadblock or two or a speed bump, I should say, uh, get my metaphors right. Um, You'll work through them. I guess. Yeah. Well, look, uh, you know there are certain stipulations, certain targets we need to meet in year one for a yeah. speed, you know, a goer in year two. But we're confident, you know, initial sales in the first week were three thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great start. Yeah, that is that is uh, very positive. So, um, do you do you think? And to go back, sort of the original question, do you think those are Premiership rugby fans? In the East Coast, like, um, you know, English people living in the Tri-State think, area? Yeah. Well, it's hard to know, but I think it's going uh, be a lot of fans uh, um, of, of rugby, I, I think, initially. And, but, you know, we're really keen to get the American sports market to come. As I said, we think if they come, they'll really enjoy the atmosphere. You know, uh, rugby is open to all, from all ages, families, to groups of lads, groups of girls, all ages. So uh, we hope they come out, watch it, and we think it can be a big success. Good. Do you do you look at this? Perhaps is there an opportunity uh, to have a look at, or, or, or I, I guess to to get London Irish name in front of athletes, and perhaps have a look at athletes in the United States. I know that some other, uh, you know, Saracens has done some work. Wasp has Wasp has made a few. Uh, um, attempts to have a look at American athletes and I realize that it's difficult when uh, you know you've got restrictions on um, on foreign players etc um, no certainly that's, that's one of the aspects of going over here is you know getting the brand out there and the London Irish name so many fantastic athletes here in the US we've got a very strong academy now that we're investing in and you know whether they're in a potential to take one or two guys over into our academy um, so we'll certainly be talking a lot with the uh, USA Rugby and the guys over here Well Bob Casey, CEO of London Irish really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this new thing uh, Viva Premiership reaching out and playing a game in the United States and uh, appreciate the time Good stuff, not at all not at all, cheers bye and that will do it for us here at Rugby Matrix America. This is Alex Goff reminding you to check out Golf Rugby Report for all the Eagles news, the news about this uh, London Irish Saracens game as well, and obviously uh, all the stuff we do on college rugby and high school rugby as well. Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean will be back for the next show. And don't forget, you can check out Rugga Matrix International Show on RuggaMatrix.com, Rugga Matrix America Show on iTunes. We're brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions and Eagle Impact Rugby Academy. Thanks for listening to Rugga Matrix America. Mm-hmm.